On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks released their national TV schedule yesterday and will have nine games on either TNT or ESPN this season, which is certainly something for all you Blackhawks fans to bookmark. I'll also get into Kirby Doc, Hawks' former first-round pick, signing a contract extension with the Montreal Canadiens. And then to wrap things up, I will unveil who comes in at number five on my top 10 prospects list. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, September 8th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally, just a quick click of the button will be helping me out tremendously. Be sure to also go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review as well. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then what are you doing? Be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, do me a big favor, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I really would appreciate all the help that I can get here, folks. Also, be sure to smash the like button down below for me as well and comment as to which of the Blackhawks' nine nationally televised games are you looking forward to the most this season. And last, go and ring the bell. Be sure to turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that, folks. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. That's your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start your day. Coming back after about a week's hiatus here on the show, uh, I hope all of you enjoyed your long Labor Day weekends. I know I certainly, I did. Got to hang out with a lot of friends and family, some folks who I hadn't seen in, in quite some time. So yeah, it was a nice little get together, a nice little break for me. Uh, and it worked out kind of nicely because not a whole heck of a lot has been going on regarding the Chicago Blackhawks in the past week. But that is all about to change here shortly, folks, because starting next week, we'll have the 2022 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase between the Chicago Blackhawks and Minnesota Wild. That kicks off on Wednesday. We also got hinted that there's going to be an announcement on Marion Hosa's Jersey Retirement Night. Looks like that news is going to drop on the 14th, which I believe is next. That 
that will be next Wednesday as well. So right when the Tom Curver's prospect showcase begins. And then the following week, that's really when I expect training camp to open up for the Chicago Blackhawks. Their first preseason game is later this month on the 27th. So things are about to start picking up here in a hurry, folks. And with that being the case, Locked on Blackhawks, we're back to five episodes a week, full-time, an episode every day starting next Monday. I'll probably have an episode come out tomorrow as well, maybe even a show coming out on Saturday, which was a recent conversation I had with Dane Lewis of Locked on Stars, where we kind of broke down each of our teams and talked about how we're looking heading into the season. So lots of good stuff coming up here on Locked on Blackhawks. We are going back to full-time starting next week, five episodes a week, folks. That's really when everything flips into a different gear. So I'm sorry that I didn't have an episode come out in the past week now, but it was kind of my little final break before I take on this upcoming season head on. And I'll be going full time from September until not even just the end of the season, probably into June and early July for the 2023 NHL draft, which is likely going to be quite meaningful for our Chicago Blackhawks. So yeah, thank you all again for bearing with me throughout the last hiatus, but that's going to be the last one until uh, probably the Blackhawks wrap up their 2022-2023 season. And speaking of the Blackhawks upcoming season, to open things up on the show this morning, I I wanted to begin by getting into the Hawks national TV schedule for the upcoming season that was released yesterday. We now know that the Blackhawks will have nine games on either TNT or ESPN this season. And as I referenced in the cold open of our show, uh, that's something for all you Blackhawks fans out there to bookmark potentially or also potentially not because uh, looking at the teams the Blackhawks are going to be facing in these nationally televised games, it doesn't look all that good for their chances given uh, what the lineup is appearing to be heading into training camp and the start of the season. But that's kind of what you expect with nationally televised games. I mean, they're not going to be throwing stinkers out there on national TV, like the Hawks versus the Coyotes or versus the Flyers. or They, they want to draw attention, obviously, to these big-time games. So it only makes sense that the Hawks, an original six team, despite where they're likely going to finish in the standings, still draw a massive crowd, a massive following, massive TV viewership. So I understand what the NHL was thinking here when they gave the Blackhawks this national TV schedule, but it definitely isn't going to be easy for them whenever they are on TNT or ESPN. Excuse me. But getting into, sorry, I got a piece of of ice in there, which I didn't mean to. But uh, getting into the nine games that the Blackhawks are going to have on national TV this season, the first one, comes on opening night once again against the Colorado Avalanche. And I jokingly tweeted out um, that when this was announced that, oh, great, the Blackhawks get to get embarrassed on national TV against the Colorado Avalanche to open up the season once again. If you all remember correctly, that was the situation the Blackhawks found themselves in to begin last season. Jack Johnson scored the first goal of the year. Somehow the Blackhawks let Jack Johnson, who's now a member of their defensive core, funny enough, somehow they let him part the Red Sea and go straight up the middle all alone. He scores a breakaway goal, and we should have known from then that it it was going to be a long season for the Hawks' defense if you're giving up a goal to Jack Johnson, and that actually wound up being his lone tally of the year, both in the regular season and in the postseason. 
wound up being a pretty lopsided loss for the Hawks. I think Connor Murphy scored the lone goal for Chicago late in the third period when the game was already wrapped up at that point. But yes, the Blackhawks will be opening opening up the season on national TV once again against the Colorado Avalanche. And I've actually been thinking about this for months, folks. I am I'm going to put the loot on the Avalanche minus one and a half. Like, this could get real ugly. They're going to be raising their banner. It's their first game since winning the Stanley Cup in front of their home crowd. They're going to be fired up, and the Blackhawks better be ready for that. But I feel like even if they are on their best game, uh, they're probably not going to be a match for the likes of the Avs. So, uh, yeah, Avs minus one and a half is definitely going to be my first bet of the season when the Hawks uh, take them on. Opening night, once again, just as a reminder, that comes on Wednesday, October 12th. So just a little over a month away from the start of the regular season, Blackhawks fans. And what an opener it is for our Blackhawks uh, on the road against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. The next time the Blackhawks are going to be on national TV comes a little over a month later, November 16th, just prior to Thanksgiving. They'll be playing the St. Louis Blues at the United Center. Hawks really have struggled against the Blues for quite some time now. And not only just as a Blackhawks fan, but as a Blackhawks fan who went to college in the state of Missouri. I mean, it's brutal that the Blackhawks seemingly aren't able to come away with wins frequently against their division rivals. So hopefully they'll be able to pull off an upset on national TV. But again, that's not going to be an easy task because the Blues have retooled pretty well for the most part. And I think they're ready to compete. I don't know if they're going to be able to overtop the Avalanche to win this division, but I certainly expect them to be near the top uh, once again here this season. The next game for the Blackhawks will be actually just after Thanksgiving, comes on November 30th against the Edmonton Oilers at the United Center. This is uh, also going to be on TNT, all three of these first games on TNT. The Blackhawks actually have had success against the Edmonton Oilers throughout the years for whatever reasons, not only just beating them in the 2020 play-in series, which was an incredible upset. I did feel a little bad for Connor McDavid, but certainly happy that my boys uh, were able to pull off the win in that short three-game series. But yeah, for whatever reason, the Blackhawks have actually done pretty well against McDavid, Dreisaitl, and the Oilers over the years. Uh, so that should be a fun one as well. Coming at the UC, hopefully the Blackhawks will be able to continue on that path and be able to pick up a dub against Edmonton. Uh, the next game the Hawks will have on national TV, December 18th, a week before Christmas. That's a Sunday game against the New York Rangers, a team that a lot of folks think Patrick Kane is eventually going to get dealt to at some point this season. And that could be the last time we see Kaner as a Hawk take on the Rangers, taking on Artemi Panarin in New York. So, yeah, that's certainly going to be an interesting conversation come December, assuming that Patrick Kane is still a member of the team by then. As we know, uh, he neither he nor Taves have come to the front office requesting to waive their no-movement clause up to this point. So all signs sure point to the trade deadline being the most likely scenario if Kane and Taves are going to be dealt. Uh, but that will be an interesting matchup for sure against the Rangers on the 18th of December. Then the Blackhawks actually go on like a two-month hiatus from being on national TV, and uh, they finish up the year in the final two months having five nationally televised games. And the first thing that came to my mind was, are you sure NHL? Because 
while Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, like I mentioned, are likely to still be part of the Blackhawks roster in the first half of the season, as that trade deadline approaches, that probably will be the end of their tenure, as sad as it is for me to say. So I, I don't really understand uh, the Blackhawks getting this many nationally televised games later on in the year when the team is bound to be a disaster at that point and probably just letting a lot of young players get their feet wet in the NHL. The playoffs will likely be well out of reach at that point. We obviously have to see how the season's going to go, but I really don't expect this Blackhawks team to be pushing for a playoff spot, and the front office certainly hopes that's not going to be the case either. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting down the stretch. The next Blackhawks nationally televised game will come on February 15th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That one will be on TNT. Um, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, don't need to talk much about the Toronto Maple Leafs. That'll be a great original six matchup. Probably why that one's going to be on national TV. But whenever uh, the Leafs and the Hawks play over recent years, if Kane is still around, he and Matthews both have done a good job putting on a show whenever they're on the ice together. So uh, that'll certainly be a fun one up in Toronto. Then just a week later, the Blackhawks are back on TNT when they'll be taking on the Dallas Stars down in Dallas. And I referenced this in my recent conversation with Dane Lewis of Lockdown Stars. I haven't posted the episode yet, but I really have no idea how Dallas is going to be this season. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in third place. I also wouldn't be surprised to see them in sixth or seventh. I really have no idea about that team. So no real idea how this game is going to go. But uh, like I mentioned, the Blackhawks probably are going to be thinking about other things uh, than winning on the ice. They're probably trying to get as many future assets in return at that point. Uh, then, this is an interesting one, though, folks. On the 8th of March, just three days before my birthday, and I think I might be trying to attend this game. The Hawks will be up in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena taking on the Red Wings. And Detroit, they're a very interesting team heading into the season, a team that a lot of folks think could be pushing the cusp of making the Stanley Cup playoffs once again. So. That's definitely going to be a, a fun one for sure, not only because Detroit is expected to be better than they have for the last six or seven years, but even though they're in different conferences now, it's always fun to watch the Blackhawks and the Red Wings go at it. Hopefully, I'll be in enemy territory for that one to give you updates from the game live in Detroit, but a fun original six matchup later on in the season. And then in the month of April, the Blackhawks, final two Nationally televised games come about a week apart. First, they'll be playing the New Jersey Devils. This one will be on ESPN2, though. No surprise that uh, TNT didn't want to be pushing this game when I don't expect either team to be in a playoff spot. And then uh, a little over a week later, the Hawks will finish up their national TV schedule by taking on the Minnesota Wild on the 10th of April. That one will be at the United Center and is on ESPN. So, yeah, just going through this list of nine games. The Hawks will take on Colorado, St. Louis, Edmonton, the Rangers, the Maple Leafs, the Stars, the Red Wings, the Devils, and the Wild. I mean, no real cupcakes out there for the Blackhawks during their national TV schedule. It's not going to be easy every time all eyes are on them. Um, but hopefully, you know, as I've mentioned throughout the offseason, the front office, sure, they're trying to tank and they're thinking about the future, but Luke Richardson in that locker room they're not going to be giving in each and every night. They want to win as many games as possible. That's their job. They're not focused on the rest of the stuff. So the least we can hope for is that Luke Richardson will be able to put together a competitive squad to at least 
make some of these games interesting. But yeah, it's certainly going to be tough for the Blackhawks to wind up with more wins than losses on their national TV schedule when you look at uh, the type of opponents that they're going to be facing throughout the year. All right, I think that will take care of the Blackhawks' national TV schedule for this upcoming season. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into Kirby Doc, the Blackhawks' first-round pick in 2019, signing a contract extension with the Montreal Canadiens yesterday. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Summer is wrapping up. Unfortunately, the better weather is going to come to an end here in the last couple of months, but you got to get outside and enjoy it while you can. And Built Bar is the perfect food to have, perfect snack to have on all of your summer adventures. You can take take them with you everywhere you go. Throw them into your bags, go and throw them into your kids' backpacks when they're going to school, just to make sure everyone has a bar to be fueled for all of their summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bar is that they're both delicious and healthy. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. You can get the best of both worlds. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, then you're seriously missing out on one of the best tasting protein bars on the market right now with delicious flavors like banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, roasted marshmallow. It's unbelievable. These really taste like candy bars that you'd get, you know, from a gas station or something, but they only have 140 calories or less and have 17 grams or more of protein. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com or just Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com with our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, segment two. Let's talk about Kirby Doc, first round pick, third overall selection by the Chicago Blackhawks in the 2019 draft. Obviously was traded this past offseason, a big move during day one of the NHL draft and sent to the Montreal Canadiens. And just yesterday, Montreal announced that Doc had signed a contract extension with their club. Of course, when Doc was dealt to Montreal, he was still a restricted free agent in need of a new deal. And I got to say, at first glance, um, I was a little surprised with both the term and the AAV that Montreal was willing to give to Doc. For those of you who don't know, Doc signed a four-year, $13.5 million contract extension on Wednesday. That's a $3.6 million AAV for the next four seasons. And I think that just kind of shows the belief that Montreal has in Kirby Doc. And I like to hear that because I'm someone who always believed in Kirby Doc and would get frustrated when Blackhawks fans would be calling him a bust, even though he was just 20 or 21 years of age. Last year probably should have been his rookie season, all things considered. He was rushed along to the NHL scene, kind of just thrown into the fire. And uh, because of that decision, Doc just really didn't look like he was enjoying himself last year. At practice, always looked frustrated. It would be rare to see him smiling. I referenced this a lot throughout the course of the season, but it just looked like Doc 
felt like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders here in Chicago. And it was frustrating that that's the situation he found himself in and that he felt like he had all this pressure on him. And because of that, he had to go and delete social media. He didn't want to see any of the stuff that fans were saying about him. It was, I'm sure, a a ridiculously tough situation for, like I said, a 20 or a 21-year-old to be in. So um, while I was sad to see Kirby Doc go for sure, I do think a fresh start in Montreal with fans who are going to be hopeful for him instead of, you know, thinking down or talking down about him all the time. I do think that's going to be a breath of fresh air for him up in Montreal. But this deal, I I think it just shows you how much the Canadians believe that he can be a good player because, quite frankly, Doc was disappointing last year. And this is coming from a Kirby Doc back. There's no way around it. He was disappointing last year. 70 games played for the Blackhawks. He only finished with uh, 26 points, 9 goals, and 17 assists. And just the offense overall, I mean, it's impossible not to have concerns about his offensive ceiling because, you know, there are flashes where he's able to make a move and will show you a glimpse, but he just wasn't able to do it whatsoever on a consistent basis. And I think the most frustrating part about it is going back to 2020 when he was a rookie, in that playoff bubble, he was dominant against the Edmonton Oilers. And even when the Blackhawks lost in five games to the Vegas Golden Knights, he was arguably their best player in that series. And then to kind of regress ever since uh, that wrist injury, man, that probably played into it as well. But it was just, there there were few and far between moments where Kirby Doc showed that type of upside again. And, you know, the Blackhawks, I'm sure they had their concerns. There are rumors out there that uh, his inability to win faceoffs and play the center position was something that really gave them troubles. So for, for Montreal to give him this kind of deal, I was a little surprised by it for sure. But, you know, I, I got to believe that that's how much confidence they have in him. And that's good. That's good to see, because I really do feel like Kirby Doc can still be a big impact player at the NHL level, even if he isn't, you know, even if he doesn't live up to the hype offensively of a third overall pick, because what he's been able to do defensively so far in his career, it's, you know, people won't talk about that. All they want to see is the offense and the production and the numbers at the end of the day. But defensively, Kirby Doc already was very reliable at a young age, and he would have a lot of tough tasks. A lot of times he'd be playing against the opponent's top line and would have to focus more on the defensive side of things, I think. In that regard, Kirby Doc, I believe, could be a really, really good shutdown second or third line center when he's 25, 26, 27 years of age and already has, what, eight NHL years under his belt? I mean, there's so much room for growth because of how fast he was rushed onto the scene. And unfortunately, because of those concerns, the Blackhawks aren't going to be able to be patient and see the benefits of giving Doc more and more experience. But Montreal, they believe that with a little bit more time that that Kirby can be a a very good player. I I don't think he's ever going to be a point-per-game guy and in the goal-scoring department. It just seems like he's always making the wrong decision. When he should shoot, he passes. When he should pass, he shoots. That's something he definitely needs to work on, and I think because of the lack of a true goal-scoring ability, yeah, he's never going to be probably close to a point-per-game guy. I think his upside is probably 50 to 60 points, but Considering what he's able to do on the defensive end, play that 200-foot game, that combined skill set on a playoff contender 
that's a very valuable thing to have. So I'm certainly not writing Kirby Doc off, but I still was uh, definitely a little surprised that that Montreal gave him that type of deal. Um, but but yeah, man, it's going to be weird. It's still weird to think that Kirby Doc isn't a, a member of the Chicago Blackhawks anymore. I'll have his sweater just kind of hanging up in my closet forever, it seems like. But um, something I've mentioned too throughout the offseason, even though I was upset to see Kirby go and to see the Blackhawks kind of quit on him per se this early into his career, I still think this was a phenomenal deal. The Hawks got the 13th overall selection in the 2022 NHL draft. They wind up taking my boy Frank the Tank with that pick. And they also got the 66th overall selection in return as well, who they selected uh, Gavin Hayes with that pick. I'm not the highest on Gavin Hayes, but uh, I do believe Frank the Tank has the higher upside between Kirby Doc. I think the way that he plays the game, especially in terms of the pace, the pace and the work ethic, that's what's going to translate the best at the NHL level. A naturally gifted offensive player probably won't be able to do the things defensively that Kirby Doc's already able to do, but the Blackhawks need some true game breakers, and Frank Nazar fits into that category a lot better than Kirby Doc does. So, yeah, it's not fun to see the Blackhawks quit on another first-round pick so early, but I really do think this was a good deal for them at the end of the day. Obviously, we're just going to have to wait and see how it all shapes up in a couple years down the road before we do ultimately rule this a win for the Blackhawks, but uh, considering what they got in return and also the contract that Kirby Doc signed with Montreal, all things considered, this was a win for the Chicago Blackhawks at the end of the day in my book. All right, that takes care of Kirby Doc's four-year extension with the Montreal Canadiens yesterday. Kirby Doc signing a four-year extension with the Montreal Canadiens yesterday. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to unveil who comes in at number five on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today, before I wrap things up and let you all go enjoy the rest of your days, it's time to find out who comes in at number five on my Chicago Blackhawks summer 2022 top 10 prospects list. But first, again, just as a reminder, if you haven't heard who's come in at numbers 10, 9, 8, 7, and 6, you got to be sure to go and check out those videos first. I mean, it, it really doesn't make sense to go in any order besides chronological. Um, wouldn't understand it whatsoever. So if you're not all caught up already, be sure to go and click on my channel. Go and check out. I made it super easy for all you listeners out there. You just got to go to my playlist, check out the top 10 prospects list playlist. And not only will those videos be in order, but if you go and click on the description of each video, I already have everything time coded. So you don't have to sit there and scroll through the episode or anything and figure out where I start talking about this top 10 prospects list. No, I already have it time coded for you. So you can jump right to that moment. Makes everything easier. Takes less time. It'll probably take 20, 25 minutes to get all caught up through everything. You just got to watch one or two videos, five or 10 minutes. These aren't too long of segments. So be sure to go and get all caught up if you haven't done so yet. Again, it really doesn't make sense to like listen to number 10 and then number seven and then number five. No, you want to go hear who I have in order. So again, if you haven't done that, go click on the channel, hit the top 10 prospects list playlist, 
you'll be able to find everything there. And while you are there, do me a favor, make sure to go and smash that subscribe button for me. Each one helps me out tremendously, really does help me out more than you know. So I would appreciate all the help that I can get, folks. If you haven't subscribed to the channel already, be sure to take the two seconds that it takes in order to do so. All right, getting into number five on my Blackhawks 2022 top 10 prospects list. Coming in at number five is none other than six foot six defenseman Alex Vlasic, who completed his junior season with Boston University last year and then immediately stepped onto the scene with the Blackhawks in the final month or so. And I was really, really pleased with what I saw out of Alex Vlasic. And a lot of us Blackhawks fans, after he was called up, or excuse me, after he inked his entry-level deal following the conclusion of his junior season, Derek King and the coaching staff were really reluctant to give him an opportunity. And in fact, at one point, Derek King even blatantly said he isn't ready. And this was after Vlasic signed his deal. He was practicing with the team, but was healthy scratched like seven times in eight games. Like Derek King really didn't give him an opportunity, even though he came and inked his ELC. And at that point in the season, the Blackhawks really weren't playing for anything. So a lot of us fans were like, play Alex Vlasic, play Alex Vlasic. And I think the coaching staff was concerned that Vlasic was going to be in over his head and wouldn't be able to handle the NHL speed and all that stuff. But at the same point, what I was saying was, there's no better way to learn than kind of being thrown into the fire. Like if Alex Vlasic stinks, just chalk it up as him being a 20 year old who came straight out of college, really didn't have any time to mold or adapt or learn, gain some chemistry with the team. I really don't think it would be that detrimental for Vlasic if he were to struggle right out of the gate. Like he would know he's right out of college and probably would be a little in over his head himself, he would probably be aware of that circumstance. So I never really understood the reluctancy to play Alex Vlasic right out of the gate. But once coach Derek King finally gave him an opportunity, Vlasic, along with Alec Regula, both those guys really ran with it towards the end of the season. And I think both of them left, left a lasting impression on a lot of Blackhawks fans' minds. And Vlasic was just sturdy, man. He made all the plays that he needed to for the most part. Like Regula as well, sure, there were some games in there where he certainly looked like he wasn't ready and just had some blunders. There's one game against the San Jose Sharks, I remember, where, where both he and Regula were not very good. But Vlasic was able to bounce back well, and he plays to his strengths very often. He's not a great skating defenseman, but he can move well for being six foot six. He uses his size and that super long reach of his to his advantage. A good first pass, maybe not a ton of offensive upside there, which is why some folks have Vlasic a little lower in their top 10 prospects list. But what he's able to provide already, a sturdy stay at home, he, he's going to be a defensive defenseman when he's more when he becomes a full-time player in the NHL, like we all hope he's going to be. There, there's no question about it. Defense is always going to be the name of his game. There's not a whole lot of offensive upside there. But I feel like the floor with Vlasic is already higher than a lot of prospects the Blackhawks have, even as many as they have on the defensive side. I have him above a lot of them because I feel like his floor is higher than theirs. Like I feel like Vlasic 
with what he's able to do is going to be at at worst a third pairing defenseman for the Blackhawks one day down the road. And you could tell as he got more and more comfortable with this team, he started getting better and better and better. And same with Regula. It's kind of funny how both their circumstances tied together here because as he got more and more comfortable and started playing more and more games, Vlasic started receiving more and more ice time. In fact, the last two games that he played in for the Blackhawks last year, he was over 20 minutes a game. So I think that's telling as to how Vlasic was able to progress very quickly. And it was kind of like a, I'm not trying to say I know more than Derek King, but it was kind of like a aha moment. Like I told you, give Alex Vlasic this opportunity. And look what happened. Now, a ton of us Blackhawks fans are super excited about his potential moving forward. And they didn't give him that opportunity. We'd still be having a a decent sized question mark next to Alex Vlasic's name. Oh, can he play at the NHL speed and at the NHL level with that size? Can he move well enough? He showed us that he's able to, and you know, at such a young age, there's plenty that he's going to be able to work on for years and years to come to kind of round everything out. So yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about Alex Vlasic. I get why some folks may have him behind a few other defensemen in the system, because again, he's never going to be a, a valuable offensive threat. He's never going to be a power play guy or, or anything like that. But I really do trust the skill set that he has. And He also his awareness of what type of player he is, what he needs to get better at, what needs to be kind of his bread and butter. And that's stay at home, being responsible and in his own end and using that big frame and that big reach of his to his advantage. So, yeah, I'm really excited about Alex Vlasa coming into this year, folks. He's going to be pushing to make the Blackhawks roster uh, on opening night someone who's kind of right on the bubble, but if he leaves a lasting impression, it's, it's going to be hard for the Blackhawks coaching staff to cut him. And I know this was, he was by far the most experienced player at Blackhawks prospect development camp, but it was also clear that he was a, a step or two ahead of basically everyone there, the way that he was able to recognize plays, his cuts, also his boys with the puck on, it, puck on his stick, wasn't rushing into a pass good patience, making the passes when they're available, faking, making a move to open up lanes. I was really impressed with everything I saw out of Alex Vlasic at Prospect Development Camp, and I'm ready to see him take that next step this season. And if all things go well when training camp opens up here in just a few weeks, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world to see Alex Vlasic making the Blackhawks opening night roster and finding himself in the lineup against the Colorado Avalanche on opening night. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, September 8th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcasts. And go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates throughout the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email. LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. It's all one word. Or you can also hit me up 
on any one of my Twitter accounts. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you all again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.